Hey guys, you're listening to Uniquely Catholic. I'm Catherine Laguna. For this episode, we have a local Floridian as our headliner. Sarah Kroger is a worship leader and songwriter from Melbourne and is about to drop her third studio album titled Bloom. Welcome to Uniquely Catholic, Sarah. Thanks so much. I'm so excited to be with you on this podcast episode. It's going really well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm grateful to have some of your time because I know you've been touring lately. You were just in Florida last week and you got to perform for your parish, right? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it was so much fun. So um, I have been living out of Florida for the past five years. My husband and I live in Nashville now and Every time I get to go back to my home parish, it's just a special kind of event. You know, it's, it feels like going home. Um, so I got to go back and do a concert for them, and it was really special because it was uh, a concert for my new album. And I haven't really um, shared a lot of those songs with people in public yet, so um, they got kind of a behind-the-scenes VIP look at them, um, I guess for being my home parish. Yes. <laughs> um, but it was just really fun. It was it was a couple hundred people. They just came out, and it was a really sweet night. So I loved being there. Oh, that's so good. I mean, you could always come back home and give back to your community where I think a exactly. lot of maybe your faith, you know, was born. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. It's it's the community where I I grew up in my faith. I um, I didn't have my first community there, but I had my confirmation there, and um, I met my husband there through the youth group. I grew in my faith as a youth through their youth program. I came back and served in college, so it's definitely home to me um, wow. spiritually for sure. It's definitely definitely been that. Well, it comes so. full circle. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty crazy how that works, but it was great. I like to think I understand and feel music differently coming from a family of musicians. You know, my dad and aunts, they play the sax, the violin, and all sorts of these string instruments. I play clarinet for maybe half of my life. So perhaps you understand and feel music on a whole other level since you grew up with parents who also loves music. What was that like? Oh, definitely. So my parents are both music ministers growing up, and I... So I was basically forced to be involved in church <laughs> choirs uh, for the time that I was young. I would say forced, but sometimes I really liked it. Um, and so we grew up in a very musical household. I was taking piano lessons from the time I was in kindergarten all the way through eighth grade. And there were many years that I really disliked my parents for making me do that. But now <laughs> I look back on that and I'm like, thank you for keeping me in that. Thank you for continuing my piano lessons and my voice lessons because now I use those um, those moments in my career, you know, full time. That's what I do. I, I travel around the country and sometimes even the world leading worship. And if I hadn't had those foundations of taking piano lessons and learning through a church choir what it's like to be in a church choir and what it's like to be in a church environment, I wouldn't have those experiences to kind of pull from now. So, um, I definitely feel like I was positively influenced by my parents and their um, their music and their background in music. So, yeah. Uh, it's like the family business, but all for God. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So then you've released two studio albums so far, Your Time in 2011 mm-hmm. and Hallelujah is Our Song in 2013. And yeah. you're about to release your third album in the fall. So... Could you maybe explain a little bit about the evolution of your music throughout these albums? Because I think it's pretty interesting. 
Oh, that's a really good question. Um, so for my first two albums, I released the first one, especially at a time when I didn't actually know what was going on in my ministry. And I say that um, <laughs> candidly, because honestly, at the time, I was just graduating from college. I really wanted to go into music ministry, but I wasn't sure how to. I'm not really a big self-promoter, so I wasn't like out there like shopping my name or shopping my voice to like record labels or people who could do something for me in the industry. You know, I, I just kind of was, I wanted to give back, but I didn't know how it was going to happen. And so I met this guy named Josh Blakesley, who's another Catholic artist at a camp that I was serving at, um, Camp Covecrest and, uh, during the summer. And we just met and I sang with him randomly. Um, and he and I stayed in touch throughout the years. And he came back to my home parish for a concert one year and reached out to me and just asked if I would want to join him um, to do Steubenville conferences that summer. And that had been a huge dream of mine was to be able to do conferences like that. Um, he just happened to have an opening and felt kind of called by God to take me under his wing um, in mentorship. And so because I was going to do a conference with him, he asked if I would want to also put out an album so that people had music to pray with once they had met me at the conference. And so we worked on an album that year, and I put out that album, that first album. I had no idea what I was doing. I had never really written music before. I went to Nashville for a whirlwind week, wrote for the album, and then we produced it, and we put it out, and it was like, okay, I hope people like it. Um, but I didn't have any plans for it. I just kind of was like, okay, this just seems like the natural progression. And then slowly but surely, um, people started really catching on to it and asking me to come and lead worship at the church down the road. And then it was the wow. church across the state. And then it was the church across the country. And it just slowly built. Um, and it was honestly, completely and totally in God's hands and still is. He could say to me tomorrow, I'm done with this and let's move on to something else. And I would say, okay, that was a really fun run. But um, <laughs> to me, it was always just what's the next step, God? Show me the next step and I will take it. And so that first album, I had no idea what I was doing, <laughs> to be honest with you, but I'm really proud of it. And the second album, again, I had a little bit more experience under my belt, but I still really didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what I wanted to put out there. I knew um, the second album had more of a strong theme, thematic feel mm -hmm. to it, because at the time I was going through a lot of suffering and a lot of, um, there was a lot of pain in my family and, and surrounding families that, um, we were really good friends with and just really hard situations that really inspired that album. Um, so that was more of a strong thematic album. And now this album that I'm about to release, it's been about five or six years since I've released new music, which is crazy to think about, yeah. um, at least a full length album and uh, the evolution and the amount of things, the amount of life experience that's happened in the past five years has been insane. I've moved two different times. I've got married. Um, I've experienced so many different things. And I feel like all of those things, all of those experiences, because all of those experiences combined have led to what um, the theme of this album is and these songs are and what they say and what I want my music to communicate, and I have more of an understanding of what I want to say, what I want to sound like, 
what I what my ministry is, and so what these songs are called to serve because of what my ministry is. So that's a little bit about that. That's a kind of a long answer to <laughs> your question, um, but I hope that answers it. It's been quite the journey, and it's been really amazing, and I'm really excited for what this new album the direction that this new album is taking me in sonically. Now, you say you have no idea what you were doing on that first album, but my goodness, because <laughs> Run to the Cross was absolutely gorgeous and so oh, deep. And you. I don't know, I feel like a little bit personal, but then also very poetic. Hey. So I don't believe you, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe no, you I had no I... idea what you were doing. <laughs> I mean, I really, I really had never written before and, um, but I had people in my life who really knew how to write and knew how to write well. And so the, that song in particular, there were, it's funny, when you write with other people, it can be a variety of experiences. But I was still very new when I was writing those first songs at writing in general. Mm-hmm. And so what those writing sessions looked like was I would come in with an idea, either a melody or a lyric idea or a scripture verse that was really inspiring me that day or had been inspiring me for months. And I would come into a writing room with, you know, two or three other people and say, this is what I want to say, help me say it. And then they would help me to craft the song from start to finish. And that's kind of how Run to the Cross came to be is I really wanted to write a song about the cross and about it being the place where we find our freedom and we find our peace. Um, And, and that's what we ended up coming up with. So it's really beautiful. To me, co-writing is my favorite thing in the world because everyone has their gifts and you get into a room together and you let those gifts shine. And then you come up with these songs that never would have, I, I, I don't want to say never, but maybe never would have come up, come to fruition mm-hmm. if you had just been writing it by yourself. Yeah. Um, so it's really incredible process. Writing is, is very vulnerable it's very um you can't you have to have a thick skin (laughs) in the process (laughs) when you're writing with other people but it's honestly um one of the most amazing creative experiences i've ever been a part of when i've written with other people so yeah that's really cool so then on your website you share something that i find very profound especially for us Mm -hmm. young adults and you say and this is your quote I lived a lot of my life afraid, afraid of what it would be like if I was completely and authentically myself. I think a Mm. lot of us live in fear. What if people don't accept us? What if we're so used to settling that we're not sure what life will look like without the things that hold us back? And this is my favorite part, Sarah. (laughs) But what if we didn't let those things stop us anymore? Wow. Mm. So Mm. (laughs) how have you moved out of this sort of like, realm of fear and try to embrace the beauty of what life has to offer because I think it's very encouraging for other people and you know we're human we fear so how has it changed you yeah you know for me um this has a lot to do with my new album and the theme behind it which is um just owning your belovedness um a couple of years ago I read this book called life of the beloved by Henry Nowen um, and it changed my life. It's a very simple read, but it's very profound. And the basic premise of it is the idea that we have these noises bombarding us every single day, whether it's the noise of society or 
the voices inside our head that, uh, or the lies that we tell ourselves every day or that we've been told or, um, you know, the voice of the enemy, all these voices surrounding us every day, telling us who we are, what we need to be in order to be enough or what we need to do in order to be seen. And, um, the idea of the book, the premise of the book is that, um, what we need to do is drown those voices out and listen to the voice that speaks in the very center of our being that calls us the beloved. Um, and what would it look like if we all lived out of that truth? What would it look like if we all lived out of that belovedness? And I realized when I read that book that I wasn't doing that and that I was actually listening to the lies in my head that I had told myself for years or that other people had told me and that I was living out of those those um, lies. I wasn't living out of the truth. And and I think a lot of times, especially in this day and age when we have social media bombarding us, um, it can be really easy to fall into the trap of comparison mm-hmm. and falling into the trap of thinking that you're not enough because you don't have what this person has or this or have the life that this person has. And so um, for me, it's been a journey of discovering truly who I am and owning that and loving that and living out of that truth and living out of that belovedness. Um, It's a lot easier said than done, but I've been working really hard to embrace who I am, embrace uh, my own opinions, embrace um, my gifts and what I have to offer the world. I think it's, I think it's a journey. It's not just a all right, I'm going to decide to do this today and for the rest of my life, it's going to be easy for me to live out of my belovedness. You know, it's a, yeah. it's a daily choice to say, I am beloved to God and that's enough for me and that's good enough for me. And I have amazing things to offer this world and I'm not going to be afraid to offer them and to offer them boldly, even if people don't like it or even if people don't agree with it, even if people don't mesh with it. You know, there's going to be plenty of people, for example, who don't like my music or do don't like my voice or who don't like what I have to offer, but that doesn't mean that it's not good to offer. And that doesn't mean that it's not anointed by God, you know? Um, so that's kind of my long answer to that question. I hope that answers your question. I'm trying to live out out of my belovedness every single day. And it truly is a daily choice and, um, it's never easy, but, um, that's what I'm trying to do. No, I think it's beautiful. And I think something that you said, too, is that it's a journey. And I think it's a journey of growth because, you know, exactly what you were just saying about, you know, some people might not like my music. Some people might not like my voice. But why would I stop myself from putting that out there anyways? Because there will be people that like that type of music and stuff. Exactly. And I like to think of it, too, because, you know, I'm trying to write a I'm writing a book and I want to get it published. (laughs) But it's that fear of, oh, my gosh, nobody's going to read this or nobody's going to like it or they're not going to think I'm the coolest author out there (laughs) with like J.K. Rowling or something, you know, but I have to, you know, lessen those voices of fear and then just try to be ambitious about it. So your message is, is, you know, it's really good and powerful. Yeah. I, I heard this quote recently that said, you, uh, you miss a hundred percent of the shots that you don't take. (laughs) And I just, which is such a simple idea, but it's like, I heard that and I was like, Oh my gosh, I've been doing that my whole life. Just because of fear. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to take, I don't want to take that risk because what if I fail? And it's like, but what if you don't? And what if people are blessed by that? Yeah. And how many people maybe wouldn't be blessed if you out of fear said no, you know? Mm-hmm. So 
It's just something to think about. Exactly. Facebook status of the day. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So then for Uh, this album, Bloom, you're doing something that I absolutely love, and it's basically behind-the-scenes goodies. (laughs) Yeah. So one of the things that you're doing is sharing your demos, like sort of like your voice memos from your iPhone, right? Yeah. So that... um, so what I did for this album is I did, because I'm an independent artist, so I don't have a, a label funding the mm-hmm. album or marketing or anything like that. So I did a pledge campaign, which is basically you get to go on there and people can pre-order the album and they're basically helping me to pay for it ahead of time. Um, and by doing that, then they get behind the scenes, you know, video from the studio and photos from the studio and um, you get singles earlier than everyone else and you get the album literally months before everyone else. The mm-hmm. thing is though, that the pre-order for the album is going to shut down probably at the end of this month. So people only have a few more weeks. People only have a few more weeks to pre-order the album itself. And then, um, we're going to shut it down. And then, so if you haven't pre-ordered the album, you won't get it until April of next year. But if you pre-order it now, you can get access to it probably early December is when we're going to release it late November, early December. So you get access to it months before everyone else. (laughs) I definitely need to go do that in pre-order because I love listening to how artists, you know, start writing music basically. I mean, because you could be an artist that writes the lyrics and then maybe applies the music later or you start with a melody first and then you write words to it. So I absolutely love that whole type of like creation from start to finish. Is is it something that you love sharing with everybody else too? Yeah, because I think it's a really unique process and I think people have a idealized version in their head. I think a lot of people think that songwriting might be easier than they think, you know, or, mm-hmm. or, or have this idea that it just comes to people and, and songs just come out and flow out of people. And there are people who that happens to. I know people like that. I know songwriters who are prolific like that, whose songs just literally fall out of their mouth. <laughs> um, but more often than not, songs take sometimes weeks, sometimes months, sometimes years, years, like popular songs that people mm-hmm. love to sing with and pray with. I think people would be surprised to find out that some of them took years for them to finish, you know, Um, because sometimes it just isn't the right timing or, um, you know, it needed another songwriter's perspective that wasn't in the room and, and, you know, wasn't brought into it until a year later or whatever it might be. Like a lot of the songs on my album have taken years, like literally the past three years to write and to craft and to perfect. Um, And some of them we haven't even, some of them we didn't even have until we started pre-producing the album, which is like a couple weeks before we went into the studio, we realized, okay, we need another song and we just wrote it, you know? So it just depends on the song, um, but it's really unique. And so I, I, I am excited about sharing that with people and being able to show them, you know, this is what the demo of the song sounded like, like basic <laughs> iPhone in my room sounded like compared to what the finished product is. It is completely different every single time. So oh my goodness. Fun. I'm so excited to pre-order so then I can get those demos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how have you yeah. grown spiritually throughout your writing process for this third album? Oh, gosh. It's been a process of surrender for me, I would say, Um, and a process of trust, too. I feel like God has been inviting me into trust in a lot of ways. I 
used to be a part of a publishing company for several years. Um, for my first two album cycles, I was a part of this publishing company, and then um, we mutually, you know, decided to split ways. And so um, I basically felt very much like I was on my own before I started this album process. And mm-hmm. um, but I feel like that's exactly where God wanted me because, again, I needed to learn how to own my own opinions and my own desires and my own thoughts and to live out of those boldly and to, um, you know, really embrace my belovedness. Um, again, this is what God has been walking me through, um, is the theme of the album. Basically is I needed to take ownership of these songs and, um, and find a producer and find a team and, really make those decisions on my own with God, you know, helping me in the process, but really to take ownership of who I am and who he's made me to be um, so that I could sing these songs from a place of knowing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really been a process of surrender and trust to God and, and recognizing that even though I felt very alone in the process, um, I wasn't alone at all. And God was really orchestrating the whole thing from start to finish and just helping me along the way, guiding me along the way to the right team of people. I have an incredible team, you know, from marketing all the way through production, through art direction, all these incredible people that have come together to make this project happen. And it's amazing. Um, And I feel just absolutely blessed and really excited for what God has in store for it. Um, But it wouldn't have happened if I had just kind of been doing the status quo and doing what I was doing before. So I really needed to take ownership of it. And I feel like that's exactly what I've been doing. So, yeah. So then are there any places we could follow you on social media so you can get keep track of like when the album releases and maybe just you on tour and stuff? Yeah. So my website um, is a pretty easy thing to remember. It's just sarahkroger.com. And from there you can have access to all my social media, um, on Twitter and on Instagram, I'm just at S-K-R-O-G-E-R. Um, and that's the easiest way that you can find me on there. And, yeah, I usually update most on Instagram. That's my favorite. <laughs> yes, my turn. I'm on all of them. <laughs> this is good. Yeah. All right, so thank you for coming on Uniquely Catholic, Sarah. We really appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And looking forward to the Bloom album and then, you know, really just good luck on everything because I think you're so talented and you're going to go to really good places. (laughs) Thank you so much. I'm Catherine from Uniquely Catholic. Catch you on the next one.
Transgression.